to be with you guys and also to be bringing the word. Uh, it's an honor for pa um, for pastor to trust me uh, to actually bring the word um, to you guys. So it's it's such an honor um, for you guys, for a lot of you guys that don't know me. My name is Angel. Um, I'm actually one of the leaders here. I help with the uh, outreach ministries. Um, so I've been, I've only been here a few months. Uh, I've probably been here about maybe four months since I've been here. Um, a little bit about me, I am married. Uh, I've been married for eight years to my beautiful wife, Keishla. All right. And I know you guys can see my little son running around here. Um, Noah, Caleb, he's like, he's like the Energizer Bunny, just never stops. So he just runs back and forth. Uh, and also, uh, I led a youth group for about, I was a youth pastor for about 11 years here in Hartford. Uh, and God has called me to, uh, to help um, a, a church uh, that I was at. So I was the associate pastor there for about a year and a half until God transitioned me. Um, then I met Pastor Phil at Mexico, uh, missionary trip, and uh, I met him through Pastor Joel and Pastor Carla because those are actually my mentors for the past few years. Mine and my wife's mentors. So we met there, and then from there on, we just kind of built a relationship um, and then we've just been praying and God just said, all right, it's time to go. Let's do it. So I'm here. That's basically Amen. short, long story short. Praise God. I'm here. Praise God. So let's just, uh, before we start, um, before we start the sermon, why don't we just uh, bow our heads. Let's just pray. Uh, we know that God is already here. Uh, reasons why is because you guys brought him here with you. Uh, so let's just pray, right? Father, we just thank you for um, just allowing us to be here today uh, in the midst of you. We are so honored to be in your presence, God. You know, God, we just thank you, Lord God, because you um, call us, Lord God, to greatness. Lord God, we just say thank you, God. We ask you to speak to our hearts, God. Lord God, break down every wall. Lord God, every, Lord God, thing that, Lord God, that tries to hinder us from fading away. Lord God, I just ask you, God, to, to open up our minds, God, to think beyond of what we already see in our situations, God. In Jesus' name we pray. And the people of God say what? Amen. 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 So today's title of my sermon, I decided, uh, I'm a little creative. I decided to call it um, Box of Chocolate. So I called it a Box of Chocolate. Uh, there was this, uh, a real smart man sitting at a bench one day. And he was talking to a woman. And... He said, and his name, I'm going to tell you his name first. His name is Pastor Forrest Gump, yeah. right? And he said, life is like a box of chocolate. You never know what you're going to get. Uh -oh. right? This is how he said it. Go ahead, put the video. Uh, we pray. We 
We pray and we ask God every single morning, Lord Jesus, help us. Before we get out off that bed, we're just like, Lord, help us before we wake Noah. Lord God, because we don't know what we're going to get that morning. We don't know if my son is going to wake up grumpy. We don't know if he wants cereal. We don't know if he wants eggs. We don't know if he wants his blue shoes or his red shoes. And literally every single morning is a struggle. It is a struggle every single morning. And me and my wife, when we're, it's kind of funny now that we think about it, but in the morning, it is very frustrating. And life is like a box of chocolate. You see, it's, it's a funny story to say my son kind of drives me crazy in the morning when he wants to do whatever he wants to do. But for a lot of us, that stuff is actually very real. Our lives are like a box of chocolate. And for some of us, we just feel that our box has been really destroyed. That every piece, every single day, is just worse and worse. You see, the reason why I named it a box of chocolate is because I love chocolate. That's the first thing, as you can see. Right? But also, a lot of people like chocolate. Like my wife, she loves chocolate, but she doesn't like dark chocolate. So y'all pray for my wife, please. Okay? Pray for her. I'm telling you, dark chocolate is made of God. And, and for a lot of us, we don't like the way our lives have been turning out. Every single morning, every single day, you're just praying, God, let, let this day not be a day of hell. God, I can't deal with another bill right now. God, I can't deal with my kids making the wrong decision today. God, I just can't deal with the struggles right now in my marriage. God, I just, I mean, I'm just, every day is just worse and worse. And when it rains, it pours. I mean, you just don't know what to do. You see, here in this story, from the very beginning, we see that in this story, these two, these two women and their brother are having a rough day. We see that their chocolate that they picked out was not a good one. Their brother's sick. They don't know what to do, right? They got a bad piece of chocolate. The family that we're talking about, Lazarus and Martha and Mary, they were actually friends of Jesus. I mean, we're talking about they were cool. They, like, Jesus was their peeps. You know what I'm saying? Like Jesus actually went to eat to their house. Jesus, like, it actually says in the beginning that he loved them. Mm -hmm. The one, he, they actually explained it as the one you loved is sick. Mm. I mean, like, like, they had the end. I mean, you know what is that? To be, to have the end with Jesus? Like, he wasn't even one of the twelve, and he was one of the end. And they still had a bad piece of chocolate. Mm -hmm. You see, Jesus also says in Matthews 5.45 that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Christian or non-Christian, everyone gets a bad piece of chocolate. 
Christian receiving Christ, you're not exempt from a bad day. You're not exempt from feeling like a failure. You're not exempt for things that happen to you. Right? But in this process, in this process, Jesus wanted to teach them something. Jesus wanted to take them to a place of thinking beyond of what they are thinking, what they're seeing in their situation. They had to ask themselves a few questions. They had the questions they had to ask. God, in this time, what are you doing? And these are the type of questions that we need to ask ourselves in this daily walk. God, in this time, what are you doing? What are you saying? And what are you showing? Amen? Amen. Maybe these are some of the things you need to ask. Or God wants you to remember when you're having a dark, a dark time. Remember to depend on him and, to and God wants to refocus you. Maybe in those times when you're struggling, when you got a bad piece of chocolate, maybe God is trying to remind you to depend on him and refocus your life to align you to what he has for you. The first thing that we need to understand is that our that Sorry. The first thing that we need to understand is that God didn't allow him to just to be sick. It's something that happens in life. You see, people get sick. It's just stuff that happens. They tell Jesus, hey, the person that you love is actually sick. Where's the first thing that they did? when they realized their brother was sick. The first thing they did was they sent a word to Jesus to let him know that the person you love is sick. What is the first thing we do when we're having a bad day? Or when we have a bad piece of chocolate? What is our first response? Are we trying to run around trying to figure out what we're gonna do? Are we, are we, are we trying to take care of it all on our own, on our own strength? Are we, are we trying to scramble to find money in different ways just to pay our bills? What are you doing? What am I doing? Every single time we get a bad piece of chocolate, are we depending on God? I mean, it feels to me that sometimes even me, I, when I'm going through a rough time, it's like that's the last thing I think about. Like he's my last resort. God, I can't do it on my own now after I already tried all these things, God. Now, now God, take control. When God was just saying from the beginning, if you were just dependent on me from the beginning, I would have took care of this a long time ago. Sometimes we're walking through a process longer than what we need. You know, and God is saying, focus. I'm redirecting you 
to where you need to be. Can we agree that, can we all agree that no one has hurt us more than we have hurt ourselves? I mean, we make the worst decisions sometimes. And the outcome of those decisions hurt us more than what, than what we, if we were just dependent on God. No one has let us love, let us go or let us down or betrayed us more than ourselves. We lie to our own selves sometimes. We think we are right. We put, I mean, I put on this shirt and I'm, and I'm fine until I realize, hey, I have my dog's hair on my shirt. You know, like we, we just, we, we, we put on a, a facade and, and we try to think about, but we try to fool ourselves. Mm. And God is like refocusing you, mm. redirecting you mm. to the things that actually matter. Mm-hmm. Because God wants us to see the big picture. Right. You see, what grabbed my attention is that Jesus waited for four days before getting there. Four days. Like, he was dead. Like, he was really dead. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He was dead. Hey, he comes back and asks. He was really dead. He waited four days. He wanted to make sure that they had no more hope. That at the end of the day, when God did the, when God did the miracle, he got all the glory. Mm. They, he made sure that, mm. I mean, he was smelling. They, he made sure that they, when you had no hope, no nothing. Literally, they, 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 they took, like they had no, nothing else to, to go to a doctor or nothing. He was dead. And in that culture, the minute you die, they bury you the same day. It's not like today, like this culture now that we can, we have to wait three times, we look at them three times, and then we bury them. You know? That culture, at that time, they put them straight to the grave. God wanted to show them that it's not in our timing, but it's his timing. That's right. That's right. And that even though our situations may seem overwhelming, and we feel that God is not listening. Mm. It's all in his timing. Mm, that's right. It's all in his timing. And sometimes, mm. sometimes God wants you to come to the end of yourself. Mm-hmm. Where you have the last, like literally you're on the last straw. Mm. And then he says, okay, now that you're finished, it's my time. Mm. And then after after he does it, no one can ever say you can never say it was me and my strength. You can never say that oh, the doctors did it. You can't say this or that. Oh, well, where the money came from? Oh, I, I went. I did this. I did that. No, but God did it. Yes. You see, delay does not mean denial. Mm. Good. Delay does not mean denial. Just because God is taking his time in your process doesn't mean that God didn't listen and God's denying your yeah. answer. Yeah, that's right. That's right. God is still being God. He just has a bigger picture mm-hmm. in plan. You see? Mm-hmm. 
that pain and bad days and bad pieces of chocolate lead us to glory. The more the pain, the more the glory. The more, the more the struggle, right? The more you become. God is just trying to pull something in you, put something in you, and or pull something out of you. God did not cause this thing for you to die. You may see him like you're dying in the, in the midst of your marriage. You may feel like you're dying in the midst of your, your bills and, and your kids are driving you nuts and all this stuff. And God's like, I just have something more in plan for you. There's pain now, but you will see my glory later. Just trust. I'm, on, I'm always an on-time God. I'm not blind. I'm not mute. And I still speak. You just got to listen. God is always listening. We sometimes we just not always listen. You see, I always learn no pain, no gain. That's so right. That's so right. See, God never told us that we would never have struggles. All you Christians that are here that receive Christ, God never promised you that you would go through problems. That you wouldn't go through problems. But He did promise you He'll walk you through them. He'll be with you through every step of the way. But where there's no pain, no gain. No gain. That's all right. I remember, I remember um, when I was about 18 years old, right? And I had a Toyota. My father, my father, my dad gave me a Toyota Camry, right? That was like my baby. I was so in love with that Toyota Camry. It was a bucket, but it was, I'm telling you, it was a bucket. But it was, I love that car. I was 18 years old. That had a free. You know, everybody loves free, right? Amen? We all like free. And, uh, and my dad gave me this car, and I remember my house. One of the pastors of the church, um, they stole her van, right? They stole her van, and my dad calls me. I'm just getting out of work. I was working at CVS at that time, right? And I was working at CVS, and my dad called me. Hey, I need you to do me a favor. I said, like, what's up? He said, I need you to grab your car, sign your title, and give it to the pastor. I was like, what? Are you crazy? He's like, trust me, just do it. I, I, the pastor needs a new ride, the pastor needs a new car, I need you to just give her the car. Right? And me as a faithful kid, right? As a faithful kid, with just humbled in my heart, I actually went and I, I gave her the car. Right? But I trusted my dad that he knew what was right for me. I just trusted, even though it was painful to give away my car, and I may stay walking, but I trusted that he was my dad, and that he was faithful to me, mm. and that he always wanted the best for me. Mm. God always wants the best for you. You see, God, my dad, when I got home, guess what he had for me? He had the most sexiest, <laughs> sexiest car in the, in the, in the lot. And I'm so still mad to my wife for this day for making me sell it. You know? I'm still, I'm still bitter. Pray for me, guys. Pray for me. You know? God's not done with me yet. <laughs> and uh, I was so, and, and I was so, it was a Saturn sky. Oh my God, it was candy apple red. It only fit me and my wife. And I mean, me, my, my girlfriend, my location at that time was my girlfriend. And, and, and then my, my boy John would go to the, uh, the movies with us because we weren't allowed alone, right? I uh, was on a date, and, and so my, so my, they'll be squishing in the back like this, and I'll be back. It was so funny. 
But I love this car. I mean, the lights had it comes up like this. You know, I mean, I had I had some nice rims. I had I mean, I had a nice system. I mean, I was 18 years old. I love that car. But God, my dad has something better for me. And only if I saw the bigger picture, right? So once I said, once I let go, once I let go of what he didn't want for me, mm. then that blessing was for someone else. But as long as I let go and trust in my dad, mm. he gave me something better. Amen. And maybe God is saying to you, maybe God is telling you, there's something you need to let go. I have something better for you. What is it that you're still holding on to? What bitterness or what hurt are you still holding on to that God is saying, hey, let that go. I've got something better for you. What is those relationships that I'm telling you, that God is telling you to let go? What are those people, those friends that God is saying, let it go? I have something better for you. You see, where there's no pain, mm, there's no gain. Now, you see, when you go to the gym and you work out, I mean, my brother be working out, you guys can see we work out. We work out, you know? Sucking it in right now. We work out. The, the harder the pain, the better we feel. When I get home, my wife like, oh, you look so sexy. Like, yeah, I don't know, girl, watch it. You know what I mean? I go home and I take off my shirt. Yeah, it's always just like a good Right? And, uh, and I'm still working on it. I'm still working on it for this summer. This summer I said I want to take off my shirt and feel free. But then I don't know. We'll see. You know, we'll see. But the result, the pain that we're going through right now, later in the future, I'll see the results. I'll see you later. Right? The only thing that I know about God is that he works all things. He works all things out for the good, for those that love him and are called according to his purposes. Yes. You're right. here. Right. You're, listening to this. You're, you're listening to me right now. You're probably listening to us on Scope. You're, you're listening. It's because God ordained for you to be here to listen to this. Because he wants to remind you that he still has a purpose for you. And yes, you must have a bad piece of chocolate. But guess what? I want need you to focus on the bigger picture. Amen. Amen. But the thing about it is, a lot of us believe that for someone else. That God has a purpose and a plan for someone else. But we don't believe that for ourselves. There's no way God can use someone like me. I, if, Angel, if I stood up there and told you what I did, or Angel, if I even tell you what I'm thinking right now, things will get very real. You see, God is just testing your heart. It's not about religion, it's about relationship. You see, God in this story was testing religion over relationship. Mary, Martha knew, Martha knew about Jesus, that he had power. She knew, she believed it, that he was a man of God. 
She believed it. She believed it deep inside of her. Even though it doesn't look like it in the, in, in, in the words, and it may not look at it, but it, it, she really believed. Martha really believed. But she was so, so busy with the work of God that she forgot the, work, the God of the work. She was always so busy taking care of everybody because in that culture, the women cooked, they cleaned, they took care of the kids while the men just sat there and talked. But Mary was focused more on the relationship than the work. She's always sat by where Jesus was, always at his feet, always listening. Religion will make you question God's faithfulness, but relationship will make you bow down to his faithfulness. Amen. You see, Martha, Martha, Martha runs and she went back. She's hearing that Jesus is coming. She should be confident that Jesus is coming. I mean, I believe that Mary probably heard it. Everybody probably heard it that Jesus was coming. Mary stood there. Martha runs out. And runs up to Jesus and was like, man, if you would have been here, man, like, I literally, my brother would have never been dead. You know? But Mary, when she goes out to Jesus, the first thing she does is she falls on his feet. And she's symbolizing worshiping him. Listen, even though this situation is rough, I still bow down to you. Because you still know, you still know the end to the beginning. You're still God. And even though she's worshiping him and she's being honest with him, she's being honest with him and saying, if you would have been here, my brother would have never died. And it's the truth. But she did it in worship. How do we respond to situations? Are we blaming God for everything that happens in our lives? Or everything that has happened in our life? See, for so many years, I always blamed God for the day I got molested. For so many years. But you know something? That situation made me who I am today. Yeah. I could have been, I could have been bitter. I could have been bitter. Hallelujah. I could have been filled with unforgiveness. But I decided to let God. Let go and let God. Amen. It's not easy. But God is calling all of us for relationship. Yes. It's okay that you come to church. That's so great. I'm so happy you're here. But it's, what's the point of knowing so much about him and not knowing him personally? Amen. You know, God is calling us to a deeper relationship with him. That's right. He wants to know who you are. He wants you to know who he is. That's right. That's what he's asking for. Mm -hmm. Number three. All he's doing is building your faith. All God is doing in this pieces of chocolate that you're pulling, and you feel that everything is upside down, he's building your faith. Amen. Amen. You see, God wants to restore, God wants to bring you to a resurrection point. God wants to restore you. 
He wants to restore your dreams. Definitely those dreams that you put aside, let go for other reasons. Dreams that you have to put away because your kids' sake. Those dreams that you feel that you were never going to make it. God wants to restore that. God wants to restore your passion, your family, your marriages, your relationship, and your trust, ouch, in people. Because some of us, like me, before getting here to HCC, I was still bitter because of how many people let me down. That they turned their back on me when I when I hit rock bottom. Where were all those people that when I wanted to commit suicide? The people that said they would be there for me and let me down. What was that religion that I served for so many years? That when I was hitting rock bottom, were not there. God had to teach me to trust people, and that we were not designed to do life alone. God wants to restore you. God wants to restore us. Definitely some of us that are numb. We've been coming to church for so many years. We know so much about God. But sometimes we don't even know when he's talking anymore. We don't hear him. We're just numb to his presence. God is saying, I'm ready to rebuild your, your, your passion. You see, our passion for God is like so numb, like the book of Revelation says. We lost our first love. Some of us were so much in fire for God. We, used to, we, we were gold chasers. I mean, we, when we got saved, when we received Jesus for the first time, and he changed our life, and he changed our thing, I mean, our situation, that we were, I mean, we were in the dumps, and then Jesus just came and rebuilt you, and you were great, and you were telling people about Jesus, you were all, Pastor, what do you want from me, Pastor? You want me to clean the toilet? I'll clean that toilet, boy. Like, literally, like, we were so passionate for God. Hey, you know about Jesus? Hey, do you know about Jesus? Hey, do you know about Jesus? Because Jesus did it for me, he can do it for you. Now we have some dark pieces of chocolate. Now we have been in church for so many years that we just lost all the love for people, for God's kingdom, God's church. Just none. And God had to convict me so many times on this. So when I'm preaching to you, I'm talking to myself. I'm telling, you know something, when I was working on this sermon, I stood in the morning and I told pastor, I said, I have to scrap my whole sermon that I had yesterday. And God gave me a whole, this whole thing I got it at 5 o'clock in the morning. Because God was convicting me. God said, Angel, what you had yesterday, it's a good, it's a great, feel good message. It's great. But when you do, when you're going through that, is that what you do? Because I can remind you of all the times that you have it. I was numb. 
mom. Just going to church every day. Pastor would say, hey, we're going to do this. You guys going to do it. I ain't doing nothing. I did my job. I've been in church for so many years. I've done what I had to do. But you know, can I say something to you? It's something that God told me. As long as you're not dead, God's not done. That's right. So there's still work to be done. There's still work to be done in Hartford. There's still work to be done at HCC. And there's still work to be done in Connecticut. There's still work to be done in the United States. There are people that are going to hell right now. And we have to, we have to pack heaven. That's our job. That's what God is calling us. For some of us, God wants to resurrect you. From all the words that people talk about you, all the times that they told you that you won't be worth nothing, all those times that they told you you'll just be just like your dad or just like your mom, all those times that they put you down, you'll never have a future. You'll always be addicted. You'll always be a cheat. You'll always be a liar. It's just who you are. And God wants to resurrect that. God wants to resurrect you. Amen. God wants to resurrect you. Amen. Amen. That's right. It's your time. Preacher. Yeah. Yes. 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 God wants a relationship with you. God wants to restore your life. But you have to take the stone out. Jesus, in this story that we read, that pastors read for us, Jesus told them, take the stone out. That's right. Do you not believe that Jesus had enough power to say, tell the stone to move out of the <laughs> Right, right. But he, they had to be part of the miracle. That's right. Come on. You have to be part of your own miracle. That's right. You know what you're struggling with. I know what I'm struggling with. But we got to be able to take the stone away. That's right, that's right. We have to be responsible for doing the natural, and Jesus was doing the supernatural. Yes, all right. God is willing to do the work in you, but you have to be willing to do to walk in faith to move the stone off your heart. Oh, this is not for me. This message is not for me. Think about it. What is it something that you've been holding back? What is it something that you're not telling? What is that? Would you, would you allow us to put a helmet on and see all your, all your thoughts? Maybe it's your own family that buried you. Maybe it's your own mistake that buried you. Can I tell you that your mistakes doesn't define who you are? Mm -hmm. Amen. Doesn't your mistakes does not define who you are? Even the mistake that you made before coming here. 
does not define you. But the cross does. Amen. Your identity and who you are is put on the cross. That's right. That's right. Jesus wants to resurrect you from what your family did, buried you, from what you buried yourself, and from what religion has buried you in. Jesus wants to give you life. Amen. And he wants to give, it, he give you life to the fullest. Yes. yes. Maybe this life has given you bad pieces of chocolate and you're very, very thirsty for a change in your life, for your family, for your finances, for your kids, yourself. God is telling you and calling you to move out of the tomb. God is calling you by name. How do you know? Because you're here. That's right. That's right. If this message, you could have been anywhere else right now. You woke up this morning. And Jesus is calling you by name. Come drink from the water that never runs dry. I know you're thirsty. Life has given you some bad pieces of chocolate. You've been struggling with some heavy stuff. I'm not inviting you to a religion. I'm not inviting you to a church. I'm inviting you to a relationship with Jesus. Amen. And maybe you say, I already have one. Maybe it's time to re-fire re that passion. Jesus wants to resurrect you again. Yes. He wants to resurrect your dreams and your purpose. Can we just bow our heads and pray?